What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Student Built Startups podcast for episode number seven. I'm your host, Cameron Stone, entrepreneur and student at UMD. I interview student entrepreneurs to share their stories and business strategies. Today's guest will be talking about the vintage clothing resale market and sharing a ton of tips and tricks on how to get started. He is a junior in the marketing analytics program at UMD, and he has been collecting vintage clothing for over seven years. He will be sharing his story and how his education has played a role in it. I encourage you to go check out Poor Man's Vintage to check out all of the clothing that his business has to offer. I'm excited to introduce you all to Noah Shaminsky. Hey, Noah, I'm going to have you start off by saying hello to everybody and sharing one crazy but true fact about yourself. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, Noah Shaminsky here. I guess the craziest fact about me was I was the mascot last year for the UMD Bulldogs hockey team. Don't like to brag, but I think it was my efforts that really brought them to that championship title. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's a cool thing to be able to say that you were the mascot when they had that huge win. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, <laughs> now the mask is off, so I can admit it was me under the suit. <laughs> yeah, I think you deserve to brag a little bit. Um, so we're going to jump into talking a little bit about your education and entrepreneurial experience. So I'll have you start off by telling the audience a little bit about your pop-up vintage clothing shop called Poor Man's Vintage. All right. Sounds awesome. I guess the best place to start would be back in uh, high school, actually. I, uh, I kind of really like stopping at Goodwill after classes just to kind of relax a bit, you know, look through things. Always had a little interest in vintage clothing. Then I happened to meet my uh, best friend. He's been my best friend for like seven years now. His name's Michael from St. Paul. And he was really into it too. We were kind of known as the two guys who would like wear their grandpa's clothes, you know, or, or wear stuff with stains on them or holes in them. And uh, it, the trend kind of picked up for vintage clothing. We started realizing when people started complimenting our stuff and saying, where'd you get that? Or how much did you spend? Or like, where can I find something like that? We realized supply and demand, I guess. People want to buy this. So we ended up uh, buying a few t-shirts from Goodwill, sent people some pictures. Hey, you want to buy this for like $5 more as a little side gig? Uh, once we got into college, and the trend really started to pick up. I think with e-commerce and, and eBay, it really, it really exploded or people selling on Instagram. We realized there's just a whole new market for it. Uh, so we started doing some... Uh, pop-up shops around the cities at breweries or vintage markets or just mother kids who are in college in local area doing some sidewalk sales uh yeah we've just been doing what we love for the past year and have no regrets doing it that's awesome yeah that's that's really cool that you got to get into that market really early and before it really became a big trend oh yeah absolutely i don't like to sound like a hipster here (laughs) yeah um but yeah that's cool that you are doing what you love to do and you have a passion for it and you're you're able to uh, build a business around that next thing i'll do is i'll have you tell the audience a little bit about your education oh yeah uh no problem uh my education really uh, i guess from the school standpoint a marketing analytics student with your host here in the same cohort uh i kind of got into it through the vintage market like I realized we kind of just keeping a little Excel sheet just to kind of keep up with the trends, what gender was buying from us, how much they're buying, what they were buying, at what times. Uh, and kind of realized, you know, the more I follow this, the better our sales get. I ended up looking, finding the analytics department, seeing like, hey, look, they're doing the exact same things there, but a more professional uh, level. So that really got me into it. I don't know what I end up doing in the future. I got an internship with Hormel coming up, working for analytics for them. But, you know, uh, who knows? Yeah. And then for, for clothing wise, I guess it's my education from that. It's just experience. 
reading about the trends on Reddit, talking to other resellers in the area. Yeah, that's cool. The The analytics industry is a, a very good one to be in and it's it's growing fast and can have a real big impact on any business. Absolutely. So how would you say your education has helped you in starting your, your business? Well, I think the, the biggest thing just really having that support system there. Uh, going to my professors, it seems everybody kind of likes vintage clothing, if young or old. If you're young, you like it because it's trendy, it's, it's hip. If you're old, you like it because, hey, I wore that shirt in high school. You know, so everybody seems to want to talk about it, try to, get, try to give me some advice. Uh, any problems I have that come up, they're right there to help me. I, I've talked to my, believe it or not, the accounting professors have been helping me out the most, telling me what to keep track of. Uh, I remember one of the uh, accounting professors here, he told me to keep track of gender. That, that was the big thing. I, I wasn't actually keeping track of that. I was just saying, oh, who bought the shirt? And uh, that really helped out. We were able to find out that women were buying more crewnecks than men. And women buy more from us, actually. So we really started investing a lot in crewnecks. Yeah, that's cool. I, I will agree that, yeah, reaching out to your professors on campus is a great resource because they have years and years of experience in the real world and having their help can save you a lot of time in the end. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and help you from making some mistakes. So what would you say is the most challenging part or has been the most challenging part about starting your business? I guess uh, it's really a trial and error business. That's uh, a for sure thing. There's a there's a lot of competition out there, and if I'm being honest, I've, I've made some dumb mistakes where maybe I I didn't really know enough about this market or this type of clothing, and I'd find it at the thrift store. Think that was cool, but I'd leave it, and then a buddy of mine he would go pick it up and he would sell it for you know eighty dollars profit. Just kind of kind of a headbanger. So it, it just takes time. It probably took me, once I got into it, probably took me about six months to kind of realize what's trending, what's not, what should I buy, how should I take pictures of it to make it more attractive, I guess, to my uh, customer base. I will say one thing that when you uh, are starting a business that challenges will come up and you're going to make a lot of mistakes. And the most important aspect is making sure that what you're doing is something that you're passionate about. And that's something that I've learned in the past. I've tried to start businesses that I, I just didn't have the heart like in me for it. And when you when something tough comes up and something challenging happens, it's really hard to keep going with that. And eventually it won't work out. So I think that you've done a, a great job for figuring out what you're passionate about and using that to your advantage. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Uh-huh. So what has been the most rewarding part about you starting Poor Man's Vintage? Oh, definitely just the, the customer base. I love that. We do a lot of e-commerce sales, of course, uh, going online to the Instagram or maybe like a secondary app like a Depop. But really having these markets and having your customers and look through the clothing and they can say like, oh, or maybe it's an older person. Say, I haven't seen this shirt in 30 years. I got to have it. Maybe it's a, it's a younger uh, college kid who comes in and say, oh, this shirt's going to show me my dad used to watch when I was growing up. Really talking about those memories, sharing the stories. I would share with them where I got it. Or maybe, hey, maybe it's a it's a shirt like I'm wearing right now, a Dennis Rodman shirt. Maybe they're a big Bulls fan. Hey, I'm a big Bulls fan too. It's definitely just great just to connect on that personal level face to face. Yeah, for sure. It's cool to have a business where you can basically be walking around with a, a story on a shirt. And that probably sparks a lot of conversations. Absolutely. It's kind of like its own miniature history class. Yeah, it is. It's really cool. So here's a, a really important topic in uh, my perspective. So how can a college entrepreneur use their resources on campus to help them get their business to a, a successful place? For definitely for college students. And what we were talking about earlier was finding something you're definitely passionate about. Uh, if you go to college, uh, odds are you kind of be on a, a big campus, maybe like UMD, we're not the biggest school, but we got a lot of students here. 
And w- with clothing, it's of course it's always trending. College kids, they need clothing. They like they like the trendy stuff. And of course, I'm a college kid. Odds are there's gonna be somebody like me who likes that exact same shirt. So kind of just uh, finding something that you you're passionate about and you like. Odds are college kids are gonna have the same interest. Like uh, I have uh, some friends here who run their own little jewelry business, and they take agates from from uh, Lake Superior down on the shore. Of course, everybody likes Lake Superior here. Everybody likes going down there. Ah. Uh, I just, uh, being a college, you're just, you're with your customer base as well. So you can ask them questions throughout the day. You don't have to, you know, go online and find a big survey monkey or pay people to get their opinions. You just turn around during class and ask them, Hey, what, what, what do you wear? Why are you wearing that shirt? Or, or why do you, why do you like Carhartt? That's certain brand. Or why are you wearing Nike? Just having them right at your doorstep. Yeah, for sure. Well, we're about halfway through our interview now. So we're going to take a moment for a brief advertisement. If you're going down your entrepreneurial path and you believe that it's time to start creating a website, the first step is to purchase a domain name and find a web hosting provider. What I have used for all of my websites that I have created has been Bluehost. Bluehost is by far my number one recommended web hosting provider. Bluehost is super easy to use. They have great customer service that will answer any of your questions. And they are also a partner with WordPress, so the compatibility between them is great. And to make this even better, as of January 2020, they offer a killer deal for your first year of having them as your hosting provider. Your whole first year can start as low as $2.95 per month. Included with this, you'll get a free domain name, 50 gigabytes of storage, unlimited bandwidth, and a 99.9% uptime guarantee. So if you're working on creating your website for your business, I encourage you to go check out bluehost.com. We have the link in the show notes. So go click that link and get started on creating your home base for your business. We'll switch over to talking a little bit about um, the vintage clothing resale market and what's all involved with that, which I'm sure you know a lot about. So (laughs) um, why does the vintage clothing resale market have a lot of opportunity right now oh just because of the massive amount of clothing that we have here in america um for the listeners out there who've never been to i like to call them the bins they're like the wholesale units of goodwill it's uh it's not like a store where they have the racks and they price everything you pay by the pound so what they'll do is they'll bring out these big bins just full of clothing or sometimes just like random household objects and they'll throw them out on the floor they'll say go and just dig through them and they're never ending Every 20 minutes is a cycle. Every day they're getting fuller and fuller and fuller. It's just a huge mass. And it doesn't really matter when you go. They're always going to be coming out. Or even for stores like regular Goodwills where it is the we call them the racks and, you know, they price everything. They're adding new brand new things every day. And so you either you can go at 8 a.m. when they're closing or you go right away in the morning. They're always going to bring out new clothes. So uh, that's definitely just the biggest thing. It's, it's very easy to jump into as well. If you find a shirt at Goodwill, maybe it doesn't fit you, but it's like super cool. Also, you have your phone. You can just go on eBay, look up that shirt, and see how much it's selling for if you're interested. That's cool. Yeah, I haven't even heard of the 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 bin as you called it, where you can go pay for clothes by the pound. I definitely recommend checking out. It, it's it's crazy. People spend all day there, like me, eight hours a day. There's a lot of people who speak different languages as well, so it's kind of like its own little like just gets mixing of cultures, you know. Uh, yeah, great place to meet friends as well. Is that like is it like a, a place? Um, like a physical location that's like always open or is it more of like an event it's uh it's a place that's always open there's one in st paul um brooklyn park and then chaska for uh, minnesota residents 
uh yeah highly recommend just checking it out anytime you, you never know what you're gonna find yeah it's probably pretty fun too <laughs> so how do you determine when you're looking at different clothing items which ones are going to sell well and which ones may fall flat oh absolutely there's a uh, I guess there's, there's several resources we use for that. We've uh, used the Excel sheet going off of that, of course, trying to find those trends and then buy more of that material, whatever it is. The second way we do was maybe like Googling also when we're in the store. If we were not sure about it, maybe like go on eBay, but go on a Depop, see what's selling, how much they're selling for, try to find that same item. The third way is going out and supporting other uh, people in the community that are in the vintage sale market. So talking with other resellers in the area, saying like, oh, we see you have a lot of jackets on your rack right now that are Carhartt. Is Carhartt selling really well for you? They can say yes or no, or we'll just go to like their other, there's a lot of vintage shops that are popping up in the Twin Cities area. We'll go in there. We'll just talk, ask around. We're all there to help each other. We're all a big support system. So just finding those trends through just friends in the area. Okay, cool. Using your technology nowadays, like you can figure out just about anything about anything really fast and... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what would you say the uh, kind of typical customer looks like for somebody who's buying vintage clothing? Or is there a typical customer? I'd say for us, there's definitely a typical customer. You're looking at that 18 to 29, those millennial Gen Zers age, of course. They want the trendy, the hip clothing. But that's uh, that's kind of just for our little shop. There are other resellers out there who are maybe this, they specialize in like women's dresses from the 60s or like we sell menswear just particularly and that can sell, of course, uh, any any gender in our, our, our age range there. But uh, it's really anybody. I mean, we've had customers all the way in their 80s. We've had uh, kids who were like in middle school and they were with their mom. But uh, it kind of goes back to that story aspect, too. You never know who has that personal experience with whatever is on the T-shirt or whatever brand it is, whatever sports team it is. Uh, we're going to go off topic just a little bit here. But I, I'm curious as to like how you start like a pop-up shop. Like, um, What does that kind of entail? Well, uh, absolutely. There's. Uh, we actually had a hard time with this, too. That was our big question. We have all this clothing. We know how much it's worth. How do we get it out to the consumers? There's uh, three ways that we do it. The first one, there's an established uh, association in the Minneapolis area called the Minneapolis Vintage Market. Every month, they'll put on a, a event, either like a brewery or like a warehouse, some kind of hip, trendy place, uh, and they'll advertise for us. The only downside of that, it's a $125 fee to get in, and they have to check over your material first. But uh, those are always great. The, the second way is kind of uh, using those partnerships, those friendships you have in the area, with other uh, resellers, we will kind of get together and say, hey, let's uh, let's maybe rent out this shop for like a, a weekend. We can all like have a little area in there and just split the profits. And then the third way is doing sidewalk sales during the summers at uh, vintage shops. They'll uh, they really just they'll open up their doors and they'll give us a little area. They'll chalk it off on the sidewalk. And we just throw it on our racks. Of course, people will come to take a look at our stuff, but also they'll head in the stores. So it's a win-win for both situations. Yeah, that's really cool that that the community kind of helps each other out, sell their product and get their name out there. Collaboration is key. <laughs> Absolutely. So what is one other tip that you can provide about the vintage clothing resale market? I guess brush up on your history from, uh, from those generations. For, for me, it was just kind of get personal. Like I always liked stuff in the nineties. I always liked the Pokemon and the Chicago bulls and the, uh, and, you know, I guess the, the shows like the ER and, and whatever's trending. I just kind of like to go back and watch that stuff. So I knew a lot about it. Uh, if you're really interested in that, yeah, just just go back, go on Netflix, go on Hulu, watch those old sh old shows. 
And it's kind of funny too, once you kind of get into it, you'll see like the actors in the show wearing the t-shirts that you'll find at the thrift store and then sell. So you can kind of see the trends through that way. <laughs> I guess like I was watching ER the other day and like a, a boy was, you know, kind of a bystander to this accident on the show. I'm like, oh my God, I literally just sold that exact same Lollapalooza <laughs> t-shirt a month ago. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, just, just kind of getting out of the culture. Everybody kind of likes that thing from the 80s, 90s, or 70s. That's really cool that you, you can like learn about your market by kind of traveling back in time, per se, and, mm-hmm. and re-watching some of those, those old things that were really popular. So we're going to move on to the last section of the interview now, called the Fast Five section. Question one is, what has been the most valuable class that you have taken? Oh, boy. I want to say the most valuable class I've taken isn't necessarily the class. It's more of the professor. I took a class with uh, Dr. Elgava here at UMD, and she really just encouraged people to shout out examples, uh, uh, really collaborate, talk to your classmates, stand up in front of the class. uh, uh, And that really helped, I guess. It gave me an opportunity just to share some ideas I might have at the tip of my tongue with my classmates and then get what their thoughts were. Of course, it kind of related to the class a bit. But yeah, just, just getting your voice out there. Any idea that popped in my head, letting people know about it, letting what their thoughts were, it's great because your customer base, college kids, are right sitting right next to you. You can just lean over and ask them. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's really important, being able to kind of voicing your ideas to the world and, and getting kind of feedback on those. If you don't voice those um, ideas and you may have a great idea but not be willing to take action on it, when is if you do voice those, somebody may tell you, hey, dude, like that's a really good idea. Go do something. Question two is, what is one book that you would recommend? Oh, boy. I've been reading the Game of Thrones series for the past year. So <laughs> their uh, T-shirts, they've always trending. Graphic tees, they started popping up in the 60s. And uh, some historians have gone back and wrote, read, I guess, wrote books about them really all they did was kind of like pick out the t-shirts that are really trendy or really hip or really cool or just unique and they put them in the book i guess uh so it's kind of like a little history book just for t-shirts i swear i can't remember it at the top of my head but i ended up getting it a few years back for christmas and i I looked through it just because kind of cool a picture book to look through then i would see that at the thrift store or at the bins uh, there's a lot of competition at the bins as well, and it might be just a little corner of that T-shirt that you need to recognize and grab at. If not, somebody else is going to recognize and grab at it first. So just having that little head start, that little cheat sheet really helped. Okay, that's cool. I had no clue that they made books of like hot hot T-shirts and hot clothing items. That's That's a new one for me, so that's a good recommendation. <laughs> so question three here is, what is one business tool that you would recommend? Ooh. Number one, absolutely, would be Instagram analytics. It is the greatest feature I've ever had. We sell mainly on Instagram. We like to post our clothing and have story sales on there. But all you have to do to get Instagram analytics is just change your account to a business account. Absolutely free to do. But they'll keep track of everything for you. They'll keep track of how many clicks you're getting, how many website clicks you're getting. If a post leads to a click on your website, uh, what age is looking at your clothing, where their location is, what gender they are. It's all right there for you. It's all just super easy to use. Uh, of course, it helped me helped a lot with the analytics courses that I'm, I'm in right now because it's just kind of first little stepping stone. It was like a kind of like a little baby book, I guess. So highly recommend that for anybody that's uh, interested in, in uh, selling to college kids because it seems like we're all on Instagram these days. Uh-huh. I would second that. Instagram analytics is a, a very, very useful tool. <laughs> 
Did you use that at all, that experience when you're looking for an internship? Did you use that in your interview? Yes. Um, I, I kind of got lucky to my interview. I went in there thinking to you know, talk about some class projects or talking about my other internships I have in the past. But as I mentioned before, everybody, old or young, loves vintage clothing just because of the stories. Ended up being 80% of my interview with Hormel were just talking about the store. Just talking about where I get it, what I decide to, to buy, what do I leave at the store, how do I sell it, how do I price it, and some of the stories that I have, of course. Yeah, that, that's really cool. I mean, starting your own business and just having something to speak about is a very, very cool thing to do for an interview. And typically, the person interviewing you finds it very impressive. And having the vintage clothing thing probably was able to help you connect with the person on the other end really well, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so we're going to switch over to question four, and that is, how do you schedule your time and plan ahead? Oh, man. Uh, I guess the most kind of obvious thing, it's this is a dual partnership that we have with me and my Michael, best friend from the cities. Uh, so what we'll do is we have, of course, a little group chat and uh, Facebook Messenger, really just any, any thought that kind of pops into our head. Like, hey, there's a vintage market here. Maybe there's a pop-up here. We put it out as quick as possible. Uh, then when we, we schedule schedule something or find something we want to do, just ask confirmer to the person, hey, are we good for this? Are you free on this date? Uh, and we'll throw it on a little calendar that we share through uh, Google Docs. Uh, yeah, just, just using anything we have at our, our fingertips or our disposal. Google Docs, or Google Docs, excuse me, Google Calendar is super easy to use. And, of course, share that same calendar. I use Google calendar personally i almost said google docs but yeah i use google calendar personally and it's very simple and easy to use so question five last one how do you get focused and stay productive when you need to work on something well besides coffee <laughs> i guess uh putting myself in a bit of a boring situation uh for the business i go back to the bins with the bins it's an every 20 to 30 minute rotation depending on what location you're at uh, but they'll bring out the bins and you'll dig through them for maybe five, six minutes and then that's it. All the vintage coins kind of gone because it's not just you. There'll be some other competition there. And that will give you uh, some downtime. At that time, you can either update your, your spreadsheet for what's been selling. You can post some stuff on Instagram. You can talk with other people there, find out what's trending for them, what's not. You can do some of that secondary research on the eBay or, or the Depop that I, uh, I brought up before. Uh, I guess just kind of putting yourself, you know, where you, where you have some time. Like there's nothing else to do. You know, I can't kind of procrastinate. I can't open my laptop and put on some Netflix because there's no Wi-Fi in this warehouse here. Yeah. Taking advantage of those little little moments of time um, in between things is a very it's an important thing to do when you're when you're a busy person, because those little bits of time add up and uh, making use of them can give you just a lot more productivity throughout the day, I'd say. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And for any college kid, too, or like being on the bus, you know, or waiting for the bus, there's an extra 30 minutes a day. And if it's something you like. Just, just throw it open. Just put down the numbers. It, it goes faster than you think. All right. So that's almost all that we have for the interview. But before we wrap up, I'll ask you to provide one main takeaway that you'd like everybody listening to remember. Oh, main takeaway. If you're in college and you're interested in starting a business, we talked about it before, you just, just got to do something you like. If you like vintage clothing, you go to the thrift store a lot, just start doing it. Give it a shot. I mean, I'm not making a billion dollars here and I'm not throwing down all the, uh, all the, you know, birthday money I've gotten throughout the years from grandma. I'm not going all in on this. It's all right. If I fail, you know, I'm not going to end up on the streets or anything. 
Uh, yeah, I think just just find something you like and, and something you're really passionate about. Odds are you're going to find people or customers who have the same passion passion you do. So just you got to find something you like for sure. Absolutely. That there was just a rock and main takeaway. <laughs> um, so where can we find more about you and Poor Man's Vintage? Oh, Poor Man's Vintage. Definitely just check out our Instagram page. Uh, just like it is just Poor Man's Vintage on Instagram. Uh, other than that, we also have a Depop with the exact same title. You just have to type in Poor Man's Vintage uh, Depop. Other things about me, feel free. Uh, in our little bio on our Instagram page, it's gonna, it's a, there's a link to my Instagram. If you want to give me a follow, uh, feel free to. I'll be honest, I don't live the most exciting life here. <laughs> other than that, yeah, odds are, if you live in the Duluth community, you're going to see me at Savers or Goodwill at least, at least once a day. So don't be afraid to come out to me and say hi. All right. Well, I'm really glad that I got to have you on the show for this interview. And thanks. I really appreciate it. No, definitely. It was great to be here. Glad, glad you're doing this. I'm really glad that I got to share Noah's story with all of you. Thanks again for being on the show, Noah. And thank you to everybody listening right now. I truly appreciate your support in this journey. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. And today I'm going to ask you, if you can, to go onto iTunes and leave a review for this podcast. It will hopefully help more people hear these amazing stories. And if you want to find out more about the Student Built Startups podcast, just head over to studentbuiltstartups.com and you'll find everything you're looking for. Thanks again, and I'll catch you on the next episode.